listener production. Bronwyn Sheehan was working as a nurse when a chance interaction changed her life. What happened next was a pyjama foundation. The idea is simple. Volunteers visit kids in foster care to read them stories. That's it. Why is it so effective? Well, by age seven, 92% of kids in foster care are below the average reading level. 75% of kids in care will not finish high school. The volunteers are called Pajama Angels. And Bronwyn, who I'm speaking to today, is a Pajama Angel Queen and she joins me now. Welcome, Bronwyn. Such a pleasure to be here and you're looking amazing in your pyjamas. Look, I am looking amazing, but I'm also feeling amazing because they are, they are extremely comfortable. That's it. That's it. Now, the statistics I've just read are actually pretty upsetting. If I think about my son, Hakavai, he's just started um, kindergarten and you know how they come home every night. They've got their little readers, which you, ha- which you have to you, – you've got to read their books to them and then sign it off in their sheet. So it's it's pretty upsetting to read that 92% of kids in foster care at the age of seven are below the average reading level. How did the Pajama Foundation start? 18 years ago, I met a foster carer and I was blown away – by her commitment. She'd been a carer for 35 years at that stage and she'd had 100 kids through her home and she lived in my suburb. And you know what it's like having little kids in your home? It's super busy. and It's chaos. Uh, <laughs> it's chaos. And, and to have, you know, five foster kids in her home uh, is a lot. And she, the day I was visiting her, she had an 18-month-old baby boy in her arms and he'd just entered the foster care system. He'd arrived in January with nothing but a Coles bag full of winter clothes to cover the hand marks and the bruises on his little 18-month-old body. He was, he broke my heart into tiny pieces and I thought, how can we leave this enormous task just for the foster carers. Now, he was wearing an adult T-shirt because she hadn't had a baby for a while and didn't have any clothes for him. And she was going out shopping. My son then was four. And I thought, before you go and buy him anything, I have a household of children's clothes and items and let me contribute to you. And the beautiful lady wanted to pay me. Um, But I got to see, knowing her, a look into the foster care system, how kids arrive, how they're traumatized. This little boy was very, very unwell. And looking into his big brown eyes, I thought, what can I do that's going to make a difference in your life? Like what gift can I give you right now that you can take with you, knowing that you might move foster care placements, knowing that you might go back to your biological parents. If I get you into reading and loving learning, then you can take that with you and that can help you through your life path. Love of reading, love of learning. We all know that... You know, education is a human right. And if we can empower these kids with education, the earlier the better, then we can make a difference in their educational future. So that was it. The Pajama Foundation was born. That's a super impactful story. We all know that the foster system isn't perfect, but I guess it's probably something that most of us, if I'm being honest, we don't want to hear about because it is is so upsetting to hear 
to hear stories like that. What's the experience like for for a foster kid? You mentioned that you know sometimes their placements aren't permanent. Sometimes they go back to their biological families. Yeah, I I still really struggle to think about what it's like for a kid. When imagine you know your child being removed and then put into another home, and then you know you have to fit into that for home, and it's going to be really different from yours, mm, mm. and you have to be well behaved, and you have to control your emotions, and 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 there's a lot of things that you don't know. Um, their communication skills are really low. That they've experienced trauma, they must be terrified. And I still can't get through at 18 years and you know, meeting 11,000, you know, training and supporting 11,000 kids, I still really struggle to get my head around what's it like for the children. But a pyjama angel can be their special person and can bring some joy and kindness and happiness and reading and games and fun. Mm, mm. So that's what we're about. And we can make a difference and we can't just leave it up for the government. We can't leave it for the foster carers. I think we need to wrap the community around the sector and we can all do something to contribute. So talk to me about how what the process is like with a pyjama angel. Yeah, so you need to be 18 years old. You need to have a blue card in Queensland or working with children check. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to like children. That's essential. (laughs) Uh, It's really good being a pyjama angel because you don't actually have to leave your childhood, so that's another good part. Um, And we just um, bring, as I said, a, a, a box of goodies to the house filled with books, puzzles, games, activities to do outside because a lot of these kids don't like to uh, sit still. We, I've got a secret Lego supply at the Pajama Foundation and the kids love that. You do our training and that goes for eight hours. First of all, you're interviewed with referee tra- checks. We need to be super careful who we put with these children. Of course, because these are kids but, who are already, yeah. you know, traumatised or have been um, gone through the foster care system and so you, of course you need to be really careful with who you yeah, 99.9% of the people are, that come my way are beautiful humans that totally. value education and they want to give back to the community and the kids really get that so you know the children will always ask how much do you get paid to do this <laughs> and, um, and they um, are thrilled to know, oh, I, d- I don't get paid. Well, then why do you do it? Because mm, I want to make you happy and I want to hang out with you and spend some time with you. Oh, okay. How many other kids do you read to? No one else, just you. So you can imagine, you know, that sense of, you know, I think we send a very strong message to these children and that they are valued, that they are special and that they can do, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And a lot of my volunteers are professional people. And so we really lift the gaze of the children and then they think, well, well, can I be an engineer? Can I be um, a, a librarian? Uh, and and yes, they can. You know, so we're really lifting their gaze and their expectations of that others have of them, or, or they that they have of themselves. I really love that. That's so powerful, just to have an an angel that's looking out for you, or that's spending time with you because they they actually want to. And I can see for a kid that would make the child feel, like you said, valued, wanted, 
special. Do you have a specific like success story that the Pajama Foundation has had? Yeah, we we read to our first child on the 3rd of February 2005 and her name was Natasha. She took one look at her pajama angel uh, and went and hid under the bed. And so her angel sat on the floor and read a book aloud to two feet sticking out from underneath the bed. So fast forward 18 years, we've trained 11,000 people and we've we've met, yeah, I didn't really have a stop button. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, we've trained 11,000 pyjama angels and we've read 2.5 million books to kids who need it the most. Now, Mem Fox, one of our brilliant childhood authors, as well as yourself, uh, (laughs) knows the importance that... um, reading books aloud to kids. So every child needs a thousand books that are allowed to them before they go to school themselves. So we had one little dude who was in our program and he has stayed in our program since he was uh, 18. He was born preemie at 23 weeks, 25 weeks actually, and his uh, uh, midwife took him home from hospital. So I had a special bond with her because I'm also a midwife. Hold on, why, why did the mid... So the midwife took him home because his he biological was born pretty. Yeah, his he was too overwhelming for his parents to yeah, okay. care for. He had to be on oxygen for his first twelve months of his life, and he had many, many doctors' appointments Compl- as well. Yeah, okay. So, and his family just weren't didn't have the skills to look after him. So he ended up staying with her. His name was Charlie, super cute name. Uh, his pajama angel was Renee. And she visited him once a week. She always was raving about how cute Charlie was. And I didn't believe her until I saw him and he's ridiculously cute. But he could read where is the green sheep word perfect before he went to prep. (laughs) And his biological grandma was so impressed. And, you know, his father's illiterate. So, you know, really breaking that cycle. She stayed with him for eight years. Then she had her own child and she called him Charlie. And he was in her, um, and her Charlie was in uh, her bridal party as well. So they become very special people in the lives of our pajama angels because the fastest way you can make yourself happy is try and make someone else happy. So our volunteers get so much out of this and I, they come to me in tears thanking me for starting this organisation. It's the highlight of their week. Um, it's changed their lives and they feel so fulfilled by what they can do. Charlie had two other pyjama angels and we supported him until he finished school. He had a private scholarship at a uh, at a school. Oh my um, gosh. Then we, um, he came along, to, we had camps before COVID. We had seven camps at Phil Bella. Shout out to him. He's a coffee man here in Brisbane that paid for seven camps. Charlie came to all of them because he plays a special place in my heart. And so he got to see that the other foster kids really liked him. Now mm. he's at uni and he's starting to be a social worker. So I can't, I just cannot wait. It gives me tingles when I talk about it because I can't wait to see the impact that he can have on his community. Well, he'll and, have a huge impact because he's yeah. been through, he'll understand what the people he's helping have gone through he'll have that personal experience yeah that's such an amazing story like that's mind-blowing yeah I know so it spurs me forward so you know a lot of people think you know how do you start like how do you run a business how do you start and um 
you know, I I didn't have a lot of business acumen being a nurse, but I had good communication skills. I had my why. I had my vision of mm. this 18-month-old baby covered in bruises. And because of that, I'm st- unstoppable. And I'm, I just ask people to help me. And I've asked 11,000 pyjama angels to help me share my vision in brightening the lives of kids in care. And we are the government's success story. And, um, you know, the kids... Um, and the pajama angels are just loving this whole experience. Mm. There's a psychiatrist in America called um, Dr. Bruce Perry, and he specializes in trauma. And he says that children who have experienced trauma um, will only recover from trauma and thrive with positive relationships. And the agent of change is the relationships, and the most powerful therapy is human love. So I think that I agree. really explains what yeah. we do. I, I really agree with that statement. Like I know with my journey, I wouldn't be where I was and I wouldn't have, um, you know, overcome my adversity had I not had those people in my life who, who loved me and showed up for me. Yep. Yeah. You said before one of the easiest ways to become happy is to help others, and I really, I really agree with that with that statement. I think it's because so often we get caught up in our own heads with what we think are you know really big problems for ourselves, and when we turn that around and we look at others in the world that we can help and what their lives are like, shifts the focus away from ourselves to others. Is it? Like, how, what's the process of becoming a p- pajama angel? Can people jump on your website? Yep. Jump on our website, thepajamafoundation.com, fill out an application form, we'll interview you, you need two referees and you need to attend our training session. And then we educate you on very strict policies and procedures because there's lots of risks and safety around what we do. And then we um, provide you with lots of resources and fun things to do with the kids. And the first thing you have to do is build up a relationship with that child. You can't walk into the house and say, hey, I'm here to read to you. Sit down and listen to me. No. You know, you have to. <laughs> that doesn't work. That actually doesn't work with kids. You have to meet them at their level and yeah. the fun things that they want to do. And then, you know, bribery kind of works really well. Like, let's read, a book, let's read a book and then we'll play a game or, you know, we watch them on the trampoline or we, I have an 82-year-old pyjama angel that broke her leg the other day while she was visiting her child, which is very, very unfortunate. But she was playing basketball. <laughs> She's Sorry, 82. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. I'm not yeah, laughing at the accident. And I said, yeah. She goes, look, it's my own fault. Um, but then they – so the family had to call the ambulance and the little child gave her his teddy to take oh. with her to the hospital. What a what a sweetheart! Do you have any more success stories, Bronwyn? Because it's yeah, it's making yeah. me really happy hearing them. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you a story about Grace. She came into my office yesterday. She's now in her twenties, and she's a beautiful young woman. She came into care when she was eighteen months old. She had a beautiful foster carer, and she stayed with her for most of her childhood. She is one of twelve kids. So her mother, had, her biological mother had 12 kids and they've all been removed. And, you know, it's really hard to, 
you know, not be with your biological parents. It's really hard for kids to not be with them. Of and course. To be, and to be happy and grateful for where they are. So, of course it is, yeah. yeah. So she had a pyjama angel called Barb for 10 years and Barb became like a surrogate grandmother because when children enter care, they lose, you know, their parents and their relatives and their grandmas and their aunties, you know, they they actually do lose contact sometimes with their extended family. Mm. So Barb stayed with her for 10 years, taught her to um, read, read, they've got such a beautiful, beautiful friendship. When Grace was 18, I said to her, what was it like being a kid in care? And I think this is a really great metaphor. She said, I, I was in a wonderful foster care placement, but one time at school, the role was ac- accidentally projected up onto the wall and she had a dot beside her name. And the dot beside her name meant that um, it was an accident. It wasn't meant to be projected to the class, but the dot beside her name meant that she was a foster kid. And I think that's how some of these children feel. They feel like the carers are amazing. Don't get me wrong, they are amazing and have an enormous hard task. But you always feel like you've got a dot beside your name. You don't feel like you are part of that, you know, that you're completely part of that family because you're not. But if we we can bring... Yeah, yeah. And you feel like you're not part of the... the, the Like you, you almost feel like you're not part of the fabric of society. Correct, correct. And uh, anyway, she finished grade 12. She went nursing. She didn't finish nursing, uh, but she's in the workforce. She works full time. She's got a partner. She's got her own little kid. And she is a beautiful, stunning, intelligent woman who still sees her pajama angel um, because she's such a special person in her life. So these kids need a, f- we're a fan club. That's what the pajama <laughs> is. Just a fan club. And they need kids need a fan. They need a fan. Any child who's had trauma needs a fan uh, um, that's looking out for them. You're a bloody legend, Bronwyn. I feel so like inspired and so impressed by all the work that you're doing. And I'd also just like to like like to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. But also, like it's people like you, Bronwyn, that are helping to shape kids' lives in Australia today. So I wanted to also thank you for your hard work, tenacity, persistence, determination, because I I know for certain that it wasn't easy setting up this amazing foundation that you've got. Yeah, it, it it's hard. Like before I started the Pajama Foundation, I couldn't sell a ruffle ticket. Now, <laughs> now I can ask for anything. And you just ask. And exactly. I was just listening to your business coach the other day and I really loved um, Figure Outable. Figure Outable. Figure Outable. Isn't it good? Everything is Figure Outable. Yeah, and that's all I've done. Lots of hard work, amazing vision, like purpose, and everything else is Figure Outable. I don't know how to do this. I've just figured it out. Um, and then National Pajama Day is on the 21st of July. Okay, cool. So you get people to wear their pyjamas on that day. Yeah, I'd like all of Australia to wear their pyjamas. Yeah, okay. Just 21st of July. Yeah. Okay, awesome. And then people can buy these PJs from Maya as well. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Bronwyn. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. See ya. Thanks for listening to Terea Pitt's Pep Talk. Follow to get new pep talks every day. Listener.